Welcome everyone to House on Fire, an Austin Oaks Church Parenting Podcast, where we talk about all things parenting for every phase. Our desire is to help you raise the next generation of believers to be simply about Jesus. And today I have Eileen and Daniel Bruin on with us. How are you guys doing? Great. Well, tell us, uh, I mean, most people know you, Eileen, and I guess anybody in children's would know you as well, Daniel. the face behind the desk. Yes. He is the one behind making everything work and... um, Making Eileen look amazing, I would assume. Amen. Right? Is that am I saying that correctly? Amen. So I don't want to get it, much help. <laughs> I don't want to get it wrong. So, um, well, thanks for being on today. So maybe uh, update us on anything going on in your guys' lives or anything that you want to say for those who don't know you. Um, so that way, if they run into you here at church, they have something to ask you about. So whatever information you want to let us know. Well. Um, I don't have young children anymore, yeah. but I think uh, being a children's director definitely uh, keeps me in the ballpark with the young and all the families there. Oh, yes. Um, we have uh, a 12th grader, um, a one kid who is just uh, getting ready for the next step of life and figuring that out. Yeah. And then uh, we have one son in Florida who is uh, a th- uh, starting his third year uh, as a student. Um, and that's really who we are. Uh, <laughs> a lot of, uh, I like to say, a lot of falling down and getting back up again. Um, so grateful to know Christ yeah. and uh, know that uh, as we journey trying to find his way, uh, we are covered by his grace in yeah. all these things. And it's a journey. <laughs> oh, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dan, you want to add anything, man? Um, no, that pretty much covers our family. Okay. You know, All right. They're, they're out there doing their thing. <laughs> uh, uh, less diapers these days. I'm A in, lot less diapers, I'm, yes. I'm in that phase still, so it um, feels never-ending, which is fine, I guess. But you know, uh, each, each phase has its own blessings. You know, when the kids were young, I used to love walking around with them and just, you know, watching the world through their eyes yeah. as they explored, as they said, oh, look, that, that's kind of a cool thing of theirs. So, yeah, it is kind of cool. I'd never noticed it before. And, yeah, it's awesome. You know, it's just fun. And then as they grow older, you remember your middle school years and you remember your high school years and, you know, compare contrast. Some things are the same. Some things are different. For sure. And it's just a constant as, as being a parent through their changing mm. lives, adapting your parenting style to the world. Uh, the pressures that are on them and yeah. each child is different as well. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, they require different attention. They require different motivations. They require different support. Yeah. So it's, it's I fun. just do want to throw in for those of you who are in diaper stages, uh, it, I promise it comes to pass. So the, hard, the hardest thing is, you know, people always say, don't miss anything, enjoy every stage. And although that is true, sometimes when you're lost in uh, the slog of it, mm. um, it just is hard. But I'm just going to say, no matter what stage of life you're in, even as an adult, what stage of life you're in, regardless yeah. of your children, everything comes with blessings and mm. difficult things. Mm. And sometimes it can feel like when somebody says to you, "Ooh, don't miss this," it feel it can feel like they're candy coating it and saying, "Oh, this is just so wonderful," and you're going to be filled with so much remorse because because you were slogging yeah. through. But diapers. four hours of sleep is still <laughs> four hours of sleep. <laughs> Amen. It, <laughs> yes. Um, and I I just remember so clearly. I mean, if there's a word of encouragement I could give, I could say, 
it comes to pass. Yes, there are beautiful things, but we have to acknowledge there are very hard things in every stage. Yeah, for sure. And I remember sitting at a stoplight with Daniel the first time we were able to leave all three boys oh, with man. Benjamin. Benjamin was old enough. I didn't have to get a sitter. Yeah. And, okay, here's our great and fancy date. Grocery shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Together. No kids. <laughs> no kids. It was like, yeah. can I believe this? It's not going to be a wrestling match for this toy or this trinket or this whatever thing to just get me to the jolly <laughs> checkout stand without forgetting something <laughs> for sure oh man well it's funny because melissa went to the story of the day for the first time with all three mm. we've she's enjoyed the pick and pull you just pull up and they just throw it in the back kind of thing so she went in heb with all three kids and so uh yeah it, <laughs> we're not leaving him a home yet with paisley not yet uh not yet not yet so well thanks for being on today guys and the kind of the topic we're going to specifically discuss today is, is back to school um, and it's personal. So excited for us to talk about this and for us to chat about, encourage our families. And so Eileen, you just want to take it away and we'll see, see what we talk about. Sure thing. So um, I just wanted to start a little bit about talking about back to school. And um, I always want to give credit where credit's due yeah. because I'm, I'm not so brilliant. Um, and that's why God created us for community. Amen. Because you can do research and find things. Uh, and God speaks through so many sources, uh, even if you have to start with Google. For sure. <laughs> for sure. So um, the first article I'm going to chat a little bit about um, was through the Discovery Point blog, which is basically an education. Um, school system thing, if you will. Yeah. Um, so just talking about back to school, uh, even prior to COVID, the start of school always posed some anxieties. For sure. Because um, you would have been coming off uh, summer, carefree, uh, happy days, if you will, for, for kids, yeah. uh, not obligation, if you will. And then moving to school, which is so many new things, meaning uh, friends, classroom, teacher, Am I going to be liked? Yeah. Am I going to have any friends? What are people going to think of me? Mm. Um, and that message is is universal mm. um, from very young all the way through. Yeah. Um, now that we are still living in a COVID world, um, we need to understand that there is hyped anxiety even more so. Yeah. Um, whether that is about a new strain or whether that simply is that nothing is normal mm. and the definition of normal it just keeps changing yeah. we don't even know what that looks like anymore for sure so your first uh point when with your kids is you need to set the expectation mm. you need to be able to talk through with your kids whatever age they are school um school is going to come with a changing model. Mm. And what is going to ground you with things constantly changing is, number one, mom and dad are here. Yeah. And number two, Jesus is here. But yeah. it starts, of course, with mom and dad and Jesus shining through us Amen. through the context of relationship. And the reason I added it's personal is we can chat a little bit about relationships yeah. um, today as well. So your first thing is set, set standards. Help your kids understand that... They are traversing a lot of things. Just naming it really helps. Mm. Um, and naming it, of course, with age-appropriate language. For what sure. I'm going to say to my teenage son, obviously, will be vastly different than Paisley needing reassurance. Yeah. Um, the next thing is uh, set standards. 
But our kids are so used to, at this point, um, possibly they've done nothing but remote learning. Um, and if if they did go back to school, we just had summer. Um, yeah. So things are going to be chaotic no matter how you slice the pie. We're used oh, to yeah. uh, living in pay PJs and possibly doing things on our own time schedule. So even if your kids went back to school and you had summer, you, you're still fighting that obstacle um, yeah. right now. So... You just need to define for your kids in a way what does that look like? What what is what is going to be expected from you? Yeah. And it, it literally is as simple as I need you fully outfitted and ready to get out the door. And the definition of getting clothes on right now is not staying in pajamas anymore because we've got a clock to beat. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um and then just flying right into that, fle fledging right into that is get the morning routine down hmm. pat. Uh this is Major. I have not forgotten what it's like to have little kids. <laughs> I remember the chaos. I literally remember one time one of my sons, who shall remain nameless, <laughs> went to school without shoes. There were no shoes. No way. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, oh. It's a 25 minute, the 30 minute drive. Oh. Yes, I couldn't go back home. And he could not be tardy. It was like lots of rules. Oh, man. So needless to say, um, I'm not going to say I displayed the best of Christian behavior. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you've repented. And <laughs> multiple times, multiple times. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so basically, your morning routine, um, one of the biggest things I can say about a m morning routine based on the ages of your children is you have got to make sure you're buffering the time. Oh, man, yes. So sit down, decide how long it's going to take to get ready, but then add a window of time. Yeah. Because if you are flustered as a parent mm. and behind the gun, yeah. it's only going to go down. Yeah, you know? absolutely. <laughs> Just the way that rolls. And so um, the fourth point is create an evening to-do list. Um, and I know this sounds really basic, um, but having very simple pointers, and I'm going to give them to you, that you can stick on a fridge is really helpful, especially if you've got kids that can already read, mm. um, but they may be not like fully flying without you yet. Um, it's good for them to have that reference list. And then you as a parent, without having to repeat, repeat, this is what you must do, this is yeah. what you must do, you could literally just say, sweetie, go look on the fridge. Okay, did you do point number one? Did you do point number two? So here, here are the simple little guide guidelines. Uh, prepare the lunch the night before. Pack the backpack. Lay out an outfit. Make sure the fridge is stocked with breakfast foods. It's a horrible surprise, especially in a teen world, <laughs> oh to wake man. up to no milk. I cannot tell you how many times we've made the last minute run. Your eggs are big in my house with teenagers. Um, and then lastly, um, if you have older kids, it's crucial to remind them to set the alarm clock. And mm. I'm not even necessarily speaking teenagers. I know this sounds really basic, but if you've got a fourth or fifth grader starting to instill independence and say, you know, like one of your points is, hey, dude, did you set your alarm clock? You know, yeah. it sounds silly, but there it is. It's, yeah. it's j just steps to helping them. Um, and again, anything to help you not run late is going to cut your anxiety yeah. right right there in the chaos at home. Um, the last point is schedule plenty of family time. This is so massive. Um, I feel, uh, I mean, even for me personally, my workload has just 
very rapidly gotten very rapid. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is super fast and 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 happening as if COVID was never a thing. We're back to yeah. the old normal in the sense of being rushed. For sure. Um, so family time is huge. Um, during COVID, we got to spend an unexpected amount of family time. And initially, I'm sure it was a brilliant thing. But then it became a not so brilliant thing yeah. <laughs> um, because it meant isolation and not being in relationship with others for quite a long season there. Um, but your kids are somewhat used to now being with you and just realize that this is a jarring shift for them. Hmm. Um not being with you all the time or not being with you as much, even maybe having both spouses available, like yeah. dads have been working from home, yep. all that kind of thing. Um, this is going to be a shift. So give yourself a break in knowing that there is, if you're feeling stressed, it's because there is a whole new load back on your shoulders again. Mm. Um, and then that being said, it's really important that you block off um, mm. family time, that you make it intentional. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to hand this over to Daniel <laughs> right now because this is going to segue us right into uh, the next section where we're going to speak a little bit about time um, and the great importance of having relationships and spending time making those relationships. Yeah, absolutely. With this whole back-to-school um, world we're back in again, um, it's, you know, t talking about the anxiety, talking about setting expectations, setting standards. When I was uh, looking at this last night, um, I was getting irritated by it. Hmm. And the reason I was getting irritated by it was because it's like, oh, thinking back in, the, back in time, it's like, oh, I, I failed on this part. I didn't hmm. do this well enough, you know. Um, looking back, comparing myself to the list, it's like, what's the point of all this? You know, mm -hmm. it's like, um, how do I, you know, do better next time now that the kids are older? So for me, it's it's about um, where am I in in Christ? Is 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 my self worth this list? Is my self worth, you know, the the points of of my hiccups? in life or is my self-worth in Christ and doing the quality time with your kids and having a personal relationship with your kids is critical throughout their entire life. Yeah. Um, we just helped uh, move our older son in apartments down in Florida and he was so overwhelmingly grateful mm. to have us both participate in his, in his, in his life. Yeah. And um, going through the devotion last night and going through the list, over the decades and over generations, there's always been a, uh, a competition or a comparison is a quality versus quantity mm. of time. And it's like, no, that's a misnomer. It's both. Mm. It, is, it is quality and quantity of time that you need to spend with your kids. It's not yeah. just one or the other. It's like, oh, if I'm doing all of these things, then checkbox, it's done. It's like, no, it's a relationship. Yeah. And relationships are expensive. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Um, in so many, so many different ways. And that was what was really, uh, God was really speaking to me through uh, prepping for this. It's like, no, it's, it really is about your relationship with God 
Uh, it's about standing firm in your faith and going through these these things. It, 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 you know, it's been said over and over again, but I'm going to say it again. It's, you know, cast all your cares upon Jesus. Mm -hmm. in, in those moments, what that means is like, oh, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling angst. I'm feeling angry. Like, no, God, this is yours. Yeah. Five minutes later, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling angst. No, God, this is yours. Yeah. And the more you do that, the more it becomes his and not yours. Yeah. And, Amen. And, and that's... It's easy to say, and as I look through the list, look through my life, it's like, no, okay, these are points where I failed. But it's about the condition of your heart, mm. not the condition of your sacrifice. Mm. And if your heart is always to point back to God, point back to God, point back to God, repent and return, repent and return, repent and return, and just yeah. sacrifice your heart to God, all these things, no matter how chaotic, no matter... If, if your child gets sent home because someone in the class had COVID and now you're stuck, your family schedule is now tossed up in the air yeah. because you now have to stay at home because you can't leave your child at home yeah. by himself. And this, this chaos just embroils everything about your world. It's like, no, this is God. God is sovereign. Mm. God is in control. God is with me. Um, Isaiah thirty eighteen. In the chapter uh, leading up to this verse, the people of God were rebellious. They were putting their faith. Um, literally, it says uh, they were making a covenant with the grave, covenant with death, to protect them against their enemies. And that's what fear is. Hmm. Fear just consumes you. Um, when you lose your contentment, you become complacent. Um, and it's and it's this very subtle transition from contentment to complacency. Yeah. And you start taking things for granted. It's just like a dripping water. It drips, drips, drips. And then everything in your world suddenly becomes worse and worse and worse. Mm. Because you think you're content, but you're complacent. Mm. And God's admonition to his people, to us, in Isaiah 30, 18... Therefore, the Lord is waiting to show you mercy and is rising up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a just God. All who wait patiently for him are happy. Mm. And that's the hardest thing for people to do is just to wait patiently. You know, when the storms come, is, is God in the storm? Is God in the earthquake? Is God in the lightning? No. He's a still, quiet voice, mm. which means we have to be still to hear him. Yeah. When we hear him, he fills our hearts, he fills our lives. It helps in our relationships with our spouse. When our relationship is personal, the kids feel safe. Yeah. They feel content. And then you can pour into those lives as well. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And, you know, one thing it made me think of, I'm in this youth ministry cohort thing with some other youth guys or whatever on a Zoom thing a couple times this semester. And one of the things they, they talked about was, the big difference between isolation and solitude, like right mm -hmm. now people are very isolated. And so I did not come up with these things, but I'll, I'll mention them because I thought it was very helpful. But it talks about like isolation is, is unintentional time by yourself where sin tends to grow. Love it. <laughs> and I was like, that's really good. Like, you know, when I'm left my own devices and woe is me, I'm like, yeah, I'm not usually pursuing the Lord in those times. And there's been a lot of isolation mm -hmm. for, for not only 
uh, kids and students and adults. I mean, it seems a lot of that. It's been a breeding ground for isolation. Right. But it, it specifically talked about solitude is intentional time with the Lord in Scripture. Meditation and prayer mm-hmm. are where we grow in the Lord. And so I was like, man, like if we're going to be personal, then we're going to have to find time to not be so isolated, but really to have solitude. solitude right. um, and oftentimes I think students, specifically in my world, like they want time alone, uh, but sin can easily grow. Like it's, you know, like, Hey, I just need time alone, you know, and, and Paisley's in that phase right now where she's like, like, I just need time in my room. And I, I don't necessarily think she's in there, you know, sinning, I guess, but just, but the importance for us to understand the difference between isolation mm-hmm. and solitude and the benefits mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. both of those and how that works. And so, but I had a question for you guys, sure. what does family time look like for you guys specifically? And I know for every family it changes in every season, but how has that looked for you guys of recently, which I guess has changed because school just started. So, but but how's family time uh, look for you guys? Well, uh, I am very blessed to have a brilliant cook. I married him. <laughs> um, we have benefited <laughs> from this cooking in our youth ministry. Amen. Uh, um, but uh, I really, uh, I know this sounds so old school, but I cannot put a high enough value on it. Um, the value of sitting around a table. Yeah. Um, it's crucial. Mm-hmm. Uh because sitting around the table, uh, again, I'm not trying to be legalistic about it, but especially with teenagers, everything's phones. So mm. I have literally uh, had to tell the boys, nah, put the phone away. Nah, no, 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 you're not going back to the cave. We're going to like sit down now. Yeah. <laughs> and initially, um, even uh, trying to broach topics, you know, like how's your day? Uh, fine. Fine, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Good. Bear, every parent's favorite word, you know. Yeah. Uh, did anything great happen at school today? Sure. Yeah. Oh, no, not really. Uh, did anything <laughs> bad happen at school today? Uh, no, not really. Um, so, so that like blows yeah. up, you know, because I've heard, I've been given advice, not making fun of it, but they say, oh, ask your kids what went well, what went bad, like, you know, yeah. that, that kind Did of thing. Little checklist. And, and it, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Has not worked for the Bruin family. <laughs> not, not with teenagers. So yeah. I, I have felt like um, first and foremost, it's impossible obviously every night to have uh the dinner but i'm just saying do try just Mm. make your goal at least a couple times a week to gather around because farm uh, food and sitting around the table is disarming so the questions i get those silly answers but when we sit and we eat it somehow opens the door to talking yeah which is not, I've given you a question and you're going to give me an answer. Um, so it, it just so happens that as you sitting around the table um, in a friendly environment around food, teenagers love food, boys especially, um, it, it just opens the door to talk. Um, yeah. And I th- think it's so important that kids unknowingly perhaps need that time to mm-hmm. detox and be with you. Yeah. Uh, so the most important thing I would say about family time is what can you create, what space can you create where your kid can just be with you? Yeah. So, and yeah, that inv- invite them. I mean, even if, um, like recently I was invited Bennett to go shopping with him. He goes, no, I'm good. But later that day we had a, a really deep conversation, which if I hadn't opened that door mm-hmm. of inviting him, 
that conversation might not have happened. Yeah, for or sure. Inviting them to help cook or you know participate in your not necessarily your work world, but into your daily activities around yeah. the house. So invite them as to part- participate alongside with you. Yeah, and that's even just the request makes them feel important because yeah. you, they feel you want them to be part of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's even, um, you know, silly things like chores. Um, sometimes I'll catch myself racing because I just want to get something done fast. <laughs> but um, if, if I sit down and I say, hey, George, can you please help me clean the bathroom? He totally will be on it. Mm. And um, our kids, especially when they're older, they really do want to help you. Mm. They don't want you Despite how grumpy they come across. Sometimes they do come across grumpy, but it gives them value to be able to help you. So family time for us is a lot of different things. Clearly, um, occasionally, not not a lot, but we will go and we'll do do things, you know, uh, mini golf, bowling alley, throw um, axes. We've done that. So... um, Occasionally, that's that's more rare, especially once school has started. Yeah. But um, I would just encourage parents of older kids, um, you've got to make intentional times where you are with your kids. And yeah. um, we were going to talk, I'm not going to go too deep in, into it because the, the topic change has shifted a little, which is <laughs> great. Yeah. That's God at work. I love that. Um, but uh, the story of uh, Zacchaeus, mm. I just wanted to touch very lightly on it. Uh, and um, basically, the story of Zacchaeus is Jesus going after somebody. And he calls this dude out of the tree. I mean, he says, you come here. Yeah. And very commonly... People are standing, wanting to be invited in. Hmm. And to invite somebody into something means you've got to have eyes to see them first. Hmm. Um, And everybody in the world wants to be seen. That's called love, to be seen, to be noticed. Um, So God called Zacchaeus, Jesus called Zacchaeus out of the tree. He calls him by name. That's Hmm. the first thing. So I would say as how that relates for me to my life at home with my own children is each of your children's different mm. and know them, but keep taking time to get to know them. Yeah. And that does look very different as they get older. Um, and now as a mom of older parents, I just wanted to say to you, it's the fight worth fighting. Mm. Um, and, uh, it sounds, you know, like j- just simple, but we don't do the simple things because they're very hard things. Yeah. Um, it's easier to um, <laughs> spend money on on an event, like s- taking your kids to the movies, than it is to spend time where you sit down and try and extract yeah. information or and share. Pour in into them. <laughs> yeah. And pour into them. It's like, I now need to be vulnerable for two hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I would just encourage you as well with teenagers, um, please, if, if like one thing doesn't work, don't give up. Hmm. Um, you've got to be there. We're living in a world almost that lends itself with teens to isolation, um, meaning... They like to hole up in their room. I'm really worried about that even for my college student yeah. because um, their whole life now 
uh, it's gaming, everything's online. So social is gone online. But really, yeah. that online social, it's another form of isolation. Mm. Because there is something so different, just like the analogy of Zoom school versus in-person school, there's something that happens when I see you eyeball to eyeball yeah. that doesn't happen with eyeball over a screen. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's yeah. got to be that exchange, you know. Um, and I just think, again, of just even the time with Benjamin, um, now when we went to Florida and helped him redo the room, um, it was... It was small acts of service, but it was time. It was all things he could have really done himself. Yeah. He didn't need us to do the things, but he needed the time with us. Yeah. Um, and he repeatedly actually commented on that. Mm. And he sent a text later on. He said, um, thank you for the lovely time you spent with me. It was way too fleeting. Mm. Um and, you know, there are times even, you know, there were moments that we were at a little bit of a standstill. We were waiting for something or couldn't find something. But the irony is when everything slows down like that, so um, this, there was this time right before we went to the airport. There was not <laughs> enough time to do anything. We'd done everything in the room. So we're just like sitting around. And I really would challenge you, especially like if you're an A-type personality, which I am, um, <laughs> Like you just always want to be doing things and knocking things out the park because that is personally gratifying for you. Um, I challenge you, jump on your teenager's bed Mm. and just jolly well sit there because there's a moment somehow that the awkwardness passes or the, Mm. I don't know what to do, Ah, give me something to do or whatever. And somehow that is the moment that the conversation gets deep. Mm -hmm. It's, It's in that. It's not in the when I, I'm sitting down, you know, and we're going to talk now, you know, whatever. It's kind of like the informal, unexpected, just have eyes. Um, I just want to throw out, like, one last uh, idea. Um, so the story, I've been reading a book uh, by Reggie Joyner. It's personal. Amazing. It's, it's a really good book. Great book. And if you're even not a, a reader, it's a short read, people. Um I just felt God like so touching me as I was reading it. Um, But the opening chapter chapter literally is, we are always tempted to be shallow. We prefer living shallow lives. Um, And I just even think of Pastor Brandon Brandon sermon on Sunday um, where he said, people ask you how you're doing and you say, okay. You say, okay, because it's comfortable it's because you don't want to get deep. Mm. You say it's okay um, because living shallow is a comfortable life. Yeah. It's like um, I maybe uh, am exhausted even on Sunday and I want to run home uh, because I can count on getting into my bed. Uh, it's going to be soft and cushy and uh, I can have my cup of tea and life's <laughs> just dandy, right? Yeah. Your problem with living that lifestyle it's okay occasionally to do that. I'm mm. not saying there's something wrong with seeking comfort over digging or delving deep. Your problem is it can very quickly become a habit. Yeah. Just like isolation we were talking, yeah. um, it becomes a habit because comfort is comfort. But mm. here's what happens over time. When we choose to be shallow, God has so clearly said that it's about community. Mm. And 
we will believe the lie that community is hard and we have been burned. Uh, yeah. We've all been oh burned man. because yeah. relationships are full of sinners and here we all are, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but the bottom line is only in community are, do you have outside voices reminding you who Jesus is. Mm. You need outside voices that can put your everyday life into context Amen. as well. You need outside voices even to remind you that you have purpose. Yeah. So when you're dealing with children, but this is a message truly for children, for teenagers, for adults, for me. Mm. Um, at the end of the day, we all want to be known. We all want a safe place. And we all want purpose. Mm. And as usual, typical of God's word, the advice we receive, the wisdom, the truth we receive from God's word feels contradictory. Mm. It feels like, okay, I, I shouldn't live shallow. I got to go deep with people. Well, ouch, going deep hurts, so it's not worth, worth it. So I'm yeah. going to run back to my bed and hide and watch Netflix or whatever it yeah, is, right? For sure. Um, so at the end of the day, if we go back to Zacchaeus' story, the first thing Jesus did is, is he calls him out by name. He knows him. He sees him, right? So I want to be seen, but I also need to be looking to see. Mm. Jesus is the ultimate multipurposer. Oh, man. So what I need, I get by giving. Mm. If I am feeling low, Hey, Proverbs says those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Yeah. Go. Go find the community of God. Seek to encourage someone else and watch Jesus speak through you and speak to you at the same time. He's yeah. always doing that stuff. Absolutely. Um, so Zacchaeus is called by name. The next thing is Jesus pulls Zacchaeus away from the crowd. Hmm. And um, I was so struck. Um, Reggie Joyner in his book literally makes the statement just think about this. Jesus was on a mission to save the world. His real journey on earth was about the road to being crucified. Mm. So he's got a massive mission. But what does he do? He walks away from the crowd to be with the one. Mm. And he says to Zacchaeus, yo, dude, I am coming to your house. He invites himself into somebody's life. And I think we frequently make the mistake, even us as adults, I wait to be invited. Mm. Invite. Yeah. You need to invite. It's again the opposite. Jesus says we find our answer in community. Um, Jesus is all about relationships. It's not about isolation yeah. um, ever. Um, and then uh, the last thing we see with, there are many things to see with Zacchaeus' story, but the last thing I'm going to point to is um, the encounter with Z with Jesus joining with Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus see uh, Jesus sees in Zacchaeus potential. Z Jesus is calling out truth mm. for Zacchaeus, and um, Luke nineteen verses nine and ten, literally in verse nine, um, it says, uh, "This day your entire household will be saved." Mm. And that is utterly remarkable. By seeing one person, you have no idea the ripple effect that will have in that person's life. Whether it's you seeing your child, 
you seeing somebody else's child or you seeing another adult? Because we're mm. talking about small groups at church right now. Yeah. So you have to see, you have to be seen. That's all about being personal, knowing each other's name, yeah. knowing each other's context. And then the next thing is we never know what the ripple effect will be once we get to know people, which is only with time. There's mm -hmm. no other way to get to know somebody. Um, Daniel, this morning we were chatting before this, and he said something that just like I thought, oh, there's the Holy Spirit speaking right there. Yeah, it happens through spouses all the time, people. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> with warts and all, Jesus talks all the time. Um, Jesus, give us the ears to hear for real. Um, but long story short, Daniel said to me, there's always an argument about quantity and quality. And think about this, the story of the Samaritan woman. We're talking about the savior of the world stopping for the one. Mm -hmm. He stops all the time for one. And what is remarkable about that story is he was waiting for her. Can you imagine that? Mm. He's standing at the well waiting for her. It was sunset. This was like an all-day affair. Yeah. He didn't hustle and get on to the next thing. So coming back to the end of the story, the ripple effect, because of the change in Zacchaeus' life, because Jesus called him by name, spent time with him, pulled him away from the crowd. And um, by the way, when we speak truth, um, showing love to people, that dissipates shame, by the mm. way, too. Zacchaeus was a dude loaded with shame. He was hated. Yeah justifiably in human terms because he'd done horrible things, um, betrayed people, so they wanted nothing to do with him. Yeah. But Jesus, by saying his name and being personal, that message immediately melts away um, shame mm -hmm. with grace. Yeah. He's calling him out in grace. And then the change of Jesus in Zacchaeus' life changes his whole household Really, it became a message for the whole town. Mm. I was chatting yesterday to Dan and Lee about the story of Zacchaeus, and this is what I love about with about God's word. When you just start chatting with other people, and again, community, Dan and Lee made the statement yesterday that she heard a sermon about the ripple effect because I was telling her about Zacchaeus and the whole town. Uh, it's a difference for the whole town. She was saying to me, "When you throw a pebble into a lake." however small that pebble is, however minuscule, you might only see small ripples, but no matter how small the pebble, the ripple goes all the way to the shore. Mm -hmm. The body of water is changed every time. You cannot physically see it, mm -hmm. but it's scientifically proven that it goes all the way to the shore. And I will close just with the very last verse, the ending of Luke and we have rattled this so many times, and I'm, I'm saying this to me. Um, we've heard Jesus came to seek and save the lost. I can just like rattle that like John 3.16 yeah. to the point that it's, it doesn't like impact my heart, I'm ashamed to say. Mm. Um, but here's what really struck me when I read that this time. Jesus came to seek, to look for. Who are you looking for? Like, who are you putting your eyes on? Who are you seeing? Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Um, 
and the statement about salvation, um, I think very quickly, um, <laughs> the Sunday school answer, why do we need to believe in Jesus? So you don't go to hell is usually the answer yeah, which will give you. Which is true. It is true. Yeah, it is yeah. true. But it is a bigger answer than mm-hmm. that. Jesus came to change our eternity, but he also came to change our destiny yeah. today. Mm. So you seeing and being seen yourself, yeah. living in community, I don't know what amazing redemption stories God will do, but I count on the fact that there will be. The story reflects it. Jesus' story reflects it. He's about redeeming and saving all the time, every day. It's about new life yeah. every day, all the time. Go after it, man. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you guys so much for sharing. Um, yeah, very, very grateful. And hopefully those listening can rub shoulders with you and ask questions about things you guys shared when they bump into you here at church. And so just a couple of uh, housekeeping things, I guess. So children's ministry in a couple of weeks is going to be starting at 9 and 11, right? Correct? You got it. Uh, September 12th. Okay. We are bracing 9 o'clock yes. and uh, 11 o'clock. <laughs> yes. So if you are somebody listening and wants to start serving, and uh, I'm assuming they could just reach out to you via the website or whatever just to see about uh, serving in one of those areas impacting and influencing kids? 100%. Um, uh, All the opportunities are posted on the website. Uh, In the weekly Newsweek, there are links for you to click um, just simply. Uh, But if all else fails, uh, it is eileen.bruin at austinoaks.org. You can talk to me. I'll talk back for sure. (laughs) For sure. For sure. Absolutely. And so Lord willing, our parents will see the value and desire to have kids in the children's ministry. And we love, love having kids around. So I know my kids Mm -hmm. enjoy it very, very much. Uh, Sometimes too much, I think. (laughs) 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 And I mean, in a complete good way. So, well, thank you guys so much for your time today. And uh, yeah, and for who you guys are. So I appreciate you guys. Me too. Thanks for joining us today on the House on Fire podcast. Please share this so others can be blessed by the conversation we had today. And we'll see you all next time.